What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Blairless Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because this is something that we have been trying to do for a long time. And I am joined by Marcel, also known as Ledoux and the Broken. Thank you for having me. This How's is it going? Good. It, is, it has been a long time. This is attempt number two. <laughs> <laughs> attempt number two. But I just want to start this episode with the caveat that... He brought me gluten-free Oreos and not the regular kind, the double stuff kind. Okay. So we're already off to a good start. Yes. And this is something that we've been trying to do for a minute. We met at the R&B showcase. Uh, Shout out to Chris DeCat. Shout out to Chris. Yeah. It was the uh, the basics uh, panels. You, Chris, uh, Paper Water. I feel like I'm missing somebody else. Yeah, and Norma. Yes, 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 yes. And we did a basics panel. Uh, Chris put together sort of like a panel on securing brand partnerships. And it was a full house. It was. It was. A lot of people showed up. A lot of uh, artists showed up, especially trying to figure out how to brand themselves. And I really learned a lot, even just like talking to people that I already knew, like Mm -hmm. Paperwater and Norma. I felt like everyone had so much insight to share. And I know we connected then and we've we stayed did. in touch and now we're finally doing the episode. We're here. It's awesome. Um, yeah, no, that was a, that was a great um, event when Art Basel was a thing, when it wasn't COVID. Was that during uh, Art it, Basel? It was Art Basel weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my God, that was so long was ago. First, first weekend of December 2019. 2019? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I feel like the last year and a half has just been a blur. Yeah, no, it, it, it truly has. Like, I feel like everything is just one long continuous day like exactly i don't even know what day it is anymore and you just take naps just take naps and like you're just i feel like i'm continuously just like waking up yeah, and yeah. it's just the same day yeah. over and yeah, over yeah. that's crazy so for those who are not watching the video and they're just listening to the podcast he pulled up in a vintage in sync bye 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 shirt okay so he's already getting all of the brownie points the NSYNC shirt, this the gluten-free shit. This Oreos. Is, this is not an act. Like, I am a huge NSYNC fan. <laughs> a huge fucking NSYNC Wait, fan. Wait, what's your favorite song? Uh, um, Damn. Uh, I love I Thought She Knew, which is the last song on No Strings Attached, just because <laughs> I'm a sucker for four or five-part harmonies. And um, first concert ever was Boys to Men. So it kind of, like, just falls right in line with what really made me fall in love with music and um it's a completely acapella song and and i think to me that's why they were the, the superior boy band sorry backstreet um Agreed. because uh yeah uh because <laughs> <laughs> uh just because they they um they had a top to bottom sound and and they were just um amazing singers and their arrangements were just always so good so i, I have to say <sighs> shotgun answer i thought she knew is uh might be one of my favorite NSYNC songs I just have one regret from childhood, and that's never going to an NSYNC concert. Twice. No, three times. Okay, I'm beyond jealous. Before we jump into everything about you and your inspiration, on this podcast, we like to start at the beginning. Okay. So where are you from, and what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, uh, So I'm from South Florida. I was born um, in uh, Hollywood, raised in Miramar uh, for like the first 15 years of my life. And then moved to Ives Dairy, and from Ives Dairy, kind of um, 
was I was there for maybe about a decade and then bounced around, you know, um, to the beach, uh, Little Haiti, um, back to Ives Dairy, and now I'm living up north in, in Fort Lauderdale area. So I'm from South Florida, everywhere in South Florida. I, I don't, I feel um, uh, fake when I say I'm from Miami. Like maybe to out-of-towners, it's easy to say Miami, but I've also learned to just say South Florida, you know, Um yeah, because so, yeah, you've been everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, and I, yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of bounced around. But I also think just South Florida as a whole, it's, it's over the years, you know, this area has become more than just Miami. It's no longer a Miami music scene. It's a South Florida music scene. So I think you have to give um, credit to South Florida in general as a whole. Um, but uh, ironically enough, I, you know, I, I was talking in, in our group chat today, I was talking about why I always wanted to be famous. And I'm going to use quotes. Um, and it's, it was always music. It was always music. Speaking of, you know, going back to NSYNC and just seeing those guys on stage having fun and then seeing them behind the scenes and they were just, you know, pranking each other and just laughing. And I was just like, man, I was like, these guys are literally living out their dreams and having fun with each other. I was like, this is what I want to do. Never wanted to be a cop, um, you know, a doctor or anything like that. Like I, I never had any kind of ambitions like that. It was always to do something with music. It was always to be a singer. And, um, so we were revisiting that today in a group chat and, um, yeah, like I've just always wanted to do something with music. Well, you're an incredible singer. Thank you. And I definitely like stalked you a little because <laughs> I was like, how do you only have two songs on Spotify? Okay. Um, it was like driving me crazy because I, now I know all the <laughs> lyrics to both of your songs. Yes. They're so good. And I feel Thank like you. your sound is so unique. Thank like, you. I don't think that I've heard an artist with the type of sound that you have because you can't really categorize it. It's, I feel like you're very versatile and you're able to go across genres. So first things first, I need to ask you where you got your name from. Um, so Ledoux is my last name. Um, and it kind of, uh, the inception of Ledoux and the Broken started when, um, I want to say it was, uh, I think it was early 2019, maybe 2018, where we started I was working with a producer by the name of Jason Robbins, and he kind of gave me the sound that you hear now in in songs like Enemy and Wake Up was uh, kind of a process, a creative process of, you know, he saw me and, and saw my aesthetic and heard the music that I was doing, which at the time was more R&B, like super heavy R&B. And he was like, nah, bro, we got to do something else. Like, it just doesn't fit. And I was like, okay, I'm open to it, you know? And um, we created this sound that was a little bit more grungier. It was a little bit more um, darker, I guess you can say. And, uh, w then we started, we got a band together and we started, um, you know, working the songs live, seeing how some of these songs sound live. Like, what do we, you know, what do we take out? What do we add? Like, what did the arrangements sound like? And it kind of became a thing. And then I started looking at the band. I was like, what would, what would we call this thing? And, um, you know, I, I, I was throwing names out there and Ledoux and the Broken stuck. And for me, it was more than just a name of a band. I wanted to create a, um, a, a, a musical experience, but also a life experience because I think, um, you know, and, and it's pretty redundant at this point, but I, I believe all of us are broken. Um, I believe all of us come with some set of baggage and throughout life, uh, we're, we're, we're deemed not worthy or we're deemed less than because of our brokenness and because of our baggage. But I wanted to create 
through the music, through the the live experience, through conversations such as this, like conversations of uh, that that are uplifting, that 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 you know kind of make people feel comfortable in their brokenness, and to say, yo, just because you're broken, doesn't mean that you're not worthy of good things. It doesn't mean you're wor- you're not worthy of happiness, you know. And then also just kind of creating this comfort around being um, very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Transparent um, in, in, in who you are and being vulnerable, you know, especially male vulnerability. You know, it, it's something that uh, I've just kind of naturally had and just have never been afraid to express my sensitive side. Um, and I've just always been comfortable in it and just always been confident in it. And I, I just kind of, again, just wanted to create this immersive experience that just people could find some kind of pride in that they could feel like they belong to like a community in a sense. And it's taken time to uh, flush out some of these ideas and how do I do this? You know, how does it go from the music to this community idea? So um, to get back to, to your question, that that's where the Ledoux and the Broken name came from, because again, I, I wanted, I wanted it to be something that was bigger than me. You know, it, it's, yes, I might be the voice, but I want it to be something where musicians can be a part of, writers can be a part of, and and um, it's just something that people feel like they have some kind of um, buy-in to, you know? Was there one specific situation that inspired you to start writing? Mm, um, yeah, 17 years old. Um, wrote a song called Couldn't Thank You More. I was in a magnet program. Uh, I, I guess it was the first time I got my heart broken, I guess. Um, and, uh, this is going to be a common theme in the, in the, in the, in the podcast is, um, <laughs> uh, Justin Timberlake's, uh, never again, which was him and Brian McKnight wrote the song and it was the last song on justified, which was Justin's first, um, album. And it, it evoked like an emotion out of me. And I was just like, holy fuck. Like this song is just hitting me in a different way. And, and I don't know if it's cause I was understanding relationships differently at the time, or I was understanding this what I thought was love at, uh, at the time, but I was just like, wow. And it just, um, again, being in a, in a, a, a vocal magnet program and being around a lot of talented people, uh, specifically a, a, a pianist. Um, I was like, yo, I just have this desire to write this song. And, and although it took time to write the song, I'm not, a, I'm not a, I wasn't a natural born writer. Like some people just have this natural gift to just pen a song in like 15, 20 minutes. Like my, my best friend and label mate, Amber could, pick up her guitar and she's done in 15, 20 minutes. Like, and it's good. It's great. And you're like, how the fuck do you do that? I'm not like that. Maybe once. That's how I feel about like every artist when I'm in the studio, (laughs) I'm just like, how can I just borrow your brain for a second? Because to be able to write a song, first of all, to be able to write period is one thing, but to be able to write a song and have it be a good song that flows and is catchy is a whole other it's a gift. set of skills exactly it's a gift it's like either you're born with it or you're not yeah once in a while i'll get lucky i'll, I'll do one of those 15 20 minute songs i'll be like oh shit got a fucking song and it doesn't suck but um it was a process for me because you know i'd be writing the song in in class it'd be, you know before class you know during class if we had some downtime where he'd be at the piano i'd be you know penning lyrics and the girl sitting right over there like Literally, the girl that you were writing about? Yeah, literally like 10 feet Did away. Did she from know me. that you were writing about her? Um I might have been a little petty fuck back then, so I think I alluded to it because <laughs> I just wanted her to kind of feel my pain at 17 like how fucked up. It, it, it was right? like it was like teen <laughs> angst. Oh, I was so I I was I guess you could say super emo, but I was <laughs> so tight like I was hurt. 
And um, so it was a weird experience <laughs> for me, but it was also a, a very fruitful experience for me. So that was like my first um, experience of writing my own stuff. And then uh, it was um, from there, it was just like, yo, I just want to get these feelings out. And, um, you know, I, I always say uh, writing is, is, um, is not my strongest suit, but it's something that I love to do. I love to express myself. And, and um, you know, my best friend, Amber, uh, she, she's, I say, hey, I want to say something like this. And I want to put it in, boom, 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 like 30 she seconds. She has that skill. Oh, dude, it's, it's out of this fucking world. How, how do you think growing up in Florida or South Florida influenced your sound? Because your sound is so different than anything yeah. that I hear coming out of Florida. You know, you have like Kodak Black and you have Rick Ross and you have all these different things. And then you come in and you have this sort of like alternative vibe to you. Yeah. How, where did that come from? Like what made you want to sort of go in that direction? Was there was there anything you know, about your surroundings that inspired you? Um, in terms of the sound that I have now, I can easily say nothing, nothing in terms of my youth and growing up. There was none of kind of what I'm doing now that inspired it. Now, some of the stuff that, you know, you'll get to hear offline, uh, <laughs> you can start to see it's coming back to, okay, like the roots of the shit that I listened to. Like I said, my first concert was Boyz II Men. Um, I love Temptations. I loved Al Green. Like this is shit that I heard in my in my household. So soul, the harmonies, like like shit like that. And then, um, you know, I guess you could say Top 40s was a super like huge influence for me. Um, but this this alternative kind of sound that I have is is really uh, a, a recent um, progression in my artistry. Um, like I said, I, you know, I was working with a producer and writer by the name of Jason and he's, he, he really pulled it out of me. He's like, dude, he's like, it's there, like it's inside of you. You just got to kind of dig deep and it's kind of created, uh, this sound that I, I love. And it's just like, okay, it's here. How do, how, what's the evolution look and sound like now, you know? Um, is that why you only have two songs uploaded? Uh, it's, it's, I'm going to need you to upload. One. <laughs> it's, um, it's a little bit of that. Uh, if, if I could be fully, uh, speaking of transparency, if I could be fully transparent, um, in the last few years, just kind of battling with, if I wanted to, to do this, you know, full time, there's, there's, there's a lot of sacrifices that come with this and, and, um, you know, with those sacrifices, life happens and you kind of have to make a choice. And I've been back and forth with, um, I guess you could say my mental health. Um, I will never claim depression because I feel like depression is a medical term that you um, have to be diagnosed with. So I'll never claim depression, but I've definitely suffered from um, fear. I definitely suffer from uh, just, you know, being like, along with fear, just being scared to put myself out there sometimes. And, and it's crazy because I, I, I would like to think that I'm an outgoing person, but there's also like, yo, I just want to make sure I get this shit right. And sometimes that stops me. And then you, you know, you get on social media and you see this person doing this and this person doing this and this. And then you feel like, okay, I'm not doing enough. I'm nowhere where I need to be. And you're like, fuck, I feel so far behind. So then that shit started to work on me. And, and, and it's happened a few times in the last few years, you know, and it's, um, it's frustrating for me. I know it's frustrating, um, for people that have invested time and, 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 and not only like take the money away from it, but time and, 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 and resources and emotions. It's, it's frustrating for people. And trust me, it's frustrating for me. So, um, 
I feel uh, like that is really just the culture that we live in, right? It is. It Especially is. And I don't know if people are afraid to, I don't know if, if they're very forthcoming with these feelings. I don't know if they're afraid to admit it and, and openly admitting it. Um, but it's something that I definitely struggled with. And, and I could say I've gotten to a point where uh, I'm just, I, I just want to, I, I, I don't care about doing it right. I just want to do what's right and just fucking do it now at this point. It's, it's funny because, you know, I work in social media, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly exposed to uh, being on social media right. all the time. And it's a recurring theme that I see that everyone strives for this unrealistic, perfect life yeah. when people who are consuming social media don't realize that it's someone's highlight reel. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. know, this is like a very specific part of someone's life that they're Absolutely. choosing to show you because they're building a specific narrative. You look at any influencer and it's all built on that. So I think that I really recognize that and you're definitely not alone. I, every person that I talk to that's creative goes through goes that through it, yeah, because especially when you're doing something as vulnerable as like writing about your life mm-hmm. and releasing that into the world and being like, Oh my God, like my feet, this is, this is like my feelings and yeah, my, of course. You my want, world. You, 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 you I, I am not afraid to, I want to be liked. I want people to like the shit that I do. I want people to like, cause like you said, it's, excuse me, it's very personal to me. So yeah, like before I release something I'm like, fuck, are people gonna like this? Like, what if they don't like this? Like, what am I fucking gonna do? And, and these are real fucking things, but I'm not afraid to admit that I want to be liked. I think there's this, um, this common theme where people, I don't give a fuck what people think about me, but I will I will challenge that and be like, I do care what people think about me, but I will not um, I will not change my values um, to be liked. I will not do anything that is out of my character to be liked. But as an artist, yes, I want to be liked. I absolutely want to be liked. And if if you 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 have an, an issue with me and it's not presented to me, that's a you thing. Plain and simple, you know. Um, but I definitely, as an artist, you want to be, because what artist wants to make this their career and not care if people like them or not? You want to be liked. Even Drake cares about what people think about him. hundred percent. You want people to listen to the shit. You want people to come to the shows. You want people to buy into the stories that you're telling. You want people to to buy into your journey. Like this is, this is your livelihood, you know? So do you think that when you're going into the studio, you kind of get clouded about which songs to release, how you're going to record certain things when you have that mindset, or is it kind of a process for you where you just do it? And then that's kind of the aftermath. Like, should I put it out? Should I not put it out? Because every artist that I talk to goes through the same thing. No, that's a great question. Um, I I can say for me, uh, I don't let that, what I just explained, cloud my uh, creative process. I go in and say, I just want to create what is authentic. Authenticity is extremely important to me. I'm, I'm, I want to be with everything that I do as an artist, as a person, I want to be authentic and I want to be intentional. So when I go in to create, I don't worry about, oh, are people going to like this or what's going to, I worry about, I literally picture a festival and just hands going back and forth and just people just seeing joy on people's faces. And I'm like, yo, can I like, I literally like, yo, can I see this at a festival? And I'm like, oh yeah, I can see this at a festival. All right, this is a good song. (laughs) And what I love is, you know, um, 
you can't see him. He's off camera. I have my manager here, but also my, my best friend, uh, you know, the other writer. I have people around me that are not afraid to say this is not it or this is not your best. You might have to like I don't have yes men around me. So important. Oh, absolutely important, because there's a lot of people that have yes men around them. They're like everything to do is like, yeah, that's it. That's fire, bro. That like. No, nah, not everything is fire. That's not, that, that's just the truth of the matter. Like, let's, like you said, if, if that's the case, then everything on Instagram is fucking real if everything is fire, <laughs> you know? Um, so, Someone's whole life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what I love is that I have people around me, people invested in, in me and in, invested in my career, invested in my artistry that are not afraid to say it's cool, but you kind of missed the mark here, you know? And, and, and that's what just challenges me. It just makes me want to be better and get better just because again um it, it's it's not about me it's about uh the again the people around me that believe in me the people that are investing their time and their emotions into me and then also about you know the next generation what who, what are we who are we leaving this to you know what what is you know i think about my niece and my nephew like that it's it's bigger than me it's bigger than us right now the now generation it's way bigger than us and so I, i'm i love being challenged with the this is not it go back to the drawing board and it's just like okay cool i love it uh, and, 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 and kind of to, to get back to your original question, that's why there's only two songs out right now, because it's a lot of artist development is a, a lost art at this point. And we spent specifically with me and, and, and other artists on the label, we spent developing the talent, developing the sound, going back in and reworking records. It wasn't the first record, wasn't the second record, wasn't the third record, might've been the fourth and the fifth. But that's what it takes. It takes time. Like, I think everybody just sees the end product right now and thinks that it happened a month ago. That's not the case. Yeah, I want to ask about that, because when it comes to being an artist, it's not just go into the studio, make a fire song, right. post it on Instagram and you're famous. Right. There's so much that goes into it that 100%. if you're not an artist or you haven't been in the studio, you don't see that whole process. Like yeah. you were just saying, you just see the end result. So how do you sort of differentiate the artist from the business person and figuring out how to brand yourself mm. and how to create EPKs and how to pitch yourself. And, and I'm sure your manager helps you, but at the end of the day, that's your decision on how you're going to present yourself to the world when you're creating your music. So what was that process like for you and how did you figure out, you know, which direction to go in? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not what was it, what is, it's a constant process, you know, because everything is forever changing. The way that we brand ourselves and present ourselves is forever changing. So maybe we met a month ago and what, what was, what we felt was right a month ago is not right now, you know? So it's, it's a, it's a, a forever changing thing. And admittedly, I'm not great at the, I guess you could say quote unquote business side in terms of branding. Like I kind of have ideas of where I want to go and what I want to do, but how do we execute them? And that's where they come into play. And it's just a 50-50 thing on like, yo, how do we figure this shit out? Who do we bring in to execute these things? And um, nobody gets it right the first time. They might not get it right the second time. You know, you, you it's, it's it's kind of like throwing shit to the wall and seeing what sticks, you know? Um, what you might think was like, yeah, that's it, might not be it. And the one thing that you didn't think was it might be it. And that's the crazy thing to me about Brandon. You could do everything to the T by the book, but sometimes it just doesn't stick. One thing about that is like when you, I know what it's like to go through a creative process and like beat, beat yourself up right. and then 
when you actually release it and you see that people are reacting better to something that you thought wasn't as cool. Oh man. And then you're like, wait, but I just spent all this time. You're like, I didn't even try on that one. Like I spent all this time creating this content. Like why is that popping off right now? And that just goes to show you don't know people. But it also goes to show that you have to create content, including songs, including, you know, assets for social media or whatever, whatever you're focusing on. You have to look at analytics and base your content strategy off of what people are engaging with. So it's less about what you think is cool, but more about what your audience thinks is cool. Also keeping it within your, your brand world. Of course. But I think that that's something that people really forget. People get you know, very, um, ego obsessed and say, no, well, I put all this time and I did this Uh, and it should be this. And it's like, well, you put all this time. Cool. But at the end of the day, if you want to be an artist and you want your audience to grow with you, they have to like the stuff that you're putting out. So that's something that I see, you know, working with artists, working with brands, it's never what you think is going to connect with them that actually like pops off in the end. And you're just like confused. Let me tell you, I have to check so, my ego a few times. Like you're absolutely, yeah. it's so ego induced. And it's just like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like you're a blip in the universe. Stop 100%. it. 100%. Stop it. Yeah. I think like, you know, as an artist and someone who also has a full-time job, right. how are you able to balance all of that? Because it's difficult to go from that person to, you know, your artistry and figuring out, um, how much time you have to dedicate to each thing and, and right. really like having that work-life balance. Um, I, you know, that, that word balance is so funny because I feel like it takes on a different, different definition weekly. You know, what does your balance look like? Yeah. You, you are supposed to depend on your job. You know, some people's jobs, you, you clock in for 40 hours, you clock in and out for 40 hours. Some people's jobs, you're on a salary. So it's a 40 hour, you know, a week job, but you might have to put in a little extra work. So what does your week look like? Right. For me, it's just it's just as simple just being available and ready for anything to happen. You know, yes, I have my my set schedule with my full time job, but I'm ready for anything. At the, you know, like it just doesn't matter. Like there's been days where I've worked a ten to seven shift. I have a session at eight thirty, and we're going till eight in the morning, and then I go clock it like. You're crazy. No, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah. It's, like it's, back in the day in college when I had energy. No, I did that shit like last month. <laughs> <laughs> like when I think about like the older I get, I'm just like, how do you have the energy to do that? It's, it's when, when you Lots are, of coffee. yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't drink coffee at all. Oh, so it's, it's, no, I am a little, I am a little uh, <laughs> crazy. You're absolutely right. Um, it's just when, when you really are in your element and you're loving what you're doing, it, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the passion that it's drives you. It's the passion you. that drives you 100%. And it's, um, it, I believe in resting. I do believe everybody deserves their rest. You know, you could only go hard at like 100 miles an hour for so long. And then you have to rest. Like, like you have to rest. Like, you need that to function. So it's just like I kind of try to learn myself and know that, hey, um, this is where I want to be at this week and, and just kind of doing it week by week. Like this is what my week looks like for my work schedule. And then what do I have scheduled? I have this session. I have this, I have this, I have this. And then if you're in a relationship, that's even tougher. You have to like, you have to really be one with more person somebody, to factor in. one more person to factor in, but you really have to be with somebody that understands who they're in a relationship with and know that it's not going to be hundred percent about them. It's almost like dating a single man or woman that has a child or multiple children that 
you're getting in this relationship and it's not going to be 100% about you at all. Maybe not ever. Someone Just, who understands the vision. That's it. And respects the boundary that's that sometimes it. you can't hang out because you're at the studio that's or because you're working on something or you're, you know, prioritizing other things. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I feel like that's very rare. I think that it also is the same thing for friends and for family yeah. members. And no matter what dream you're going after or what you're working towards in order to succeed, you really have to surround yourself with people who support you. Of course. And if you aren't surrounding yourself with people who support you, then it's going to negatively impact you in the long run. It's better to, to not be around those people than to be around people who are bringing you down or saying, you know, why are you always at the studio so right. much? You know, you have to just be with people who get the vision. I don't, I don't think, you know, I, I, I think we, we throw the word friend and the title friendship around very, uh, very easily. And to me, a friendship is another form of a relationship, but it is equal to the same energy that you would put into a relationship with your romantic partner. There's responsibilities there. There's understanding. There is sacrifices there. And so that's, that's to be honest, I'm not quick to call just anybody my friend. Um, because once you call somebody your friend, there's a responsibility that has to be upheld on my part and their part. And what you start to see is if you have a true, true friend, they understand that 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 uh, sacrifice piece right there. Right. When you say, hey, I would love to go out, but I have a studio session tonight or I have to rehearse or I have to do this. That friend might be giving you shit just because that's the relationship y'all have, but they're not marking it against you like they're not keeping score. And there's some people that really do keep score. And then you have to look at them like, Yo, are you really my friend? Because if we are friends and this is a friendship, then you would understand what the fuck I'm trying to accomplish. And you would not give me shit or hold it against me because I don't want to go out drinking. And I'm substituting a night for drinking for a night of creating or um, whatever, just working towards your artistry, whatever. May, may you be a singer, a rapper, uh, a writer. It doesn't matter. Like you can't get mad at me as a real, real friend. You have to understand that this shit comes with sacrifices. And the best example I could give is, is there are um, careers that have set paths that you go to school, you study and anybody like my best friend is a firefighter. So I knew when he was going through his shit for two years, he wasn't going out and you couldn't call him and convince him to go out. It wasn't happening. And so that's the sacrifice. You're like, yo, I'm going to sacrifice this time of going out, of spending this kind of money, X, Y, and Z, because I know the end goal. I know the greater goal. And when you have true friends around you, they understand that and they're going to they're going to um, they're going to build you up and and help you grow within that process. If you have real, real friends and um, I just want people to uh, understand that being a friend and having, you know, calling a, a union of friendship is there. There's responsibilities there that have to be upheld daily. You know, um, not every friendship people talk every day, but. There's responsibilities there, just like you would be in a romantic relationship, you know? I don't well, know how it got there, but... <laughs> it just got deep real <laughs> quick, got, yeah. but I'm not mad at it. Uh, it, it that's, <laughs> that's what happens. It just we happens. We have a lot of gems it just happens. already. It just happens. Um, what do you think is the best and most challenging part of being an artist? Hmm. 
for the record, I have I had no idea what you were going to ask me this entire night. For anybody who's listening or watching, I had no idea about these questions. Yeah, so I don't. Is, I don't give questions beforehand. Like just saying, I like, I like to that. just pop up with the with the impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was you know on my way I mean? here, and my boy was like, "Yo, so do you know what you're going to talk about?" I was like, "I have no fucking clue." You're like, I'm "I have no it. idea." I have no. And you still, idea, and you still willingly came. I still willingly came with okay. double stuffed Oreos that with, are right with there. With gluten free double gluten stuffed Oreos. Gluten free double stuffed okay? Oreos. Okay, that's love. Um. You said the most rewarding and challenging part about being an artist? The best and most challenging. The best and most challenging. Ooh. Um, best and most challenging. Best part about being an artist and most challenging. Um, I think when the most challenging is creating, uh, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, just creating things that are, are genuine and authentic, but things that um, people can connect to and people things that people enjoy and it evokes an emotion out of them. And then the, the best part about being an artist is seeing that reaction. You know, um, I performed uh, for So Far Sounds in Fort Lauderdale. Um, I want to say, funny enough, 2019, December 2019. And, that was a great um, month for you. Oh, it was a fantastic <laughs> month. And it was the it was the as the artist that I am now. It was the first time that a song that I wrote that was near and dear to my heart made a grown woman cry and while you were performing while i was performing and she she um it was her and an, another woman and they were super super sweet super super kind and they came up to me and told me that it made them cry like and i was just like it was super super awkward but it was it was that rewarding moment i was like yo like i i when i performed that particular song I try not to get like it, it's it's so emotional, e emotionally evoking for me that I try to remember that, yo, you're performing. Don't get caught in what made this song. Like, don't get lost. Like, you have to perform. And to see that translate um, through the words, through the music for somebody else to feel that was that's the that's the best part about being an artist is connecting. And I could only imagine that some of our the biggest artists that we have, and I, I call them the top five percenters, and that's the, you know, the Jay-Z's, the Beyonce's, the, the I guess you could say the Kanye's, the Bruno Mars, uh, um, the Justin's, the Drake's, like, that's the shit that, that, that's the, that's the drug. That's the drug that they feed off of, and it just keeps them going for 70 tour dates over the span of a year and a half. Like, that's the drug, like, that, that emotion, the reaction on people's faces when they're performing, like, that, and it was, um, I can't say it was the first time that it felt like a drug to me and that was the most rewarding part, but for particularly with this song and, and to, to hear their reaction, I was just like, yo, this is why, this is why you do this shit. This is why you fucking write. This is why you go through life experiences and put them on record because yeah. people go through these things. People, people can relate, relate to them, but they just don't know how to process the emotions and who's mm. there to help them process the emotions. You. It's just like it's it's one of the most rewarding feelings ever, and probably back to your question, the best part about being an artist. It's funny speaking of Drake. I recently rewatched the Rap Radar interview that he did, mm -hmm. and one thing that stuck out to me was that he says, like, when someone is listening to your music and says, "Who is this?" Yeah. That is a high that you're going to be chasing for the rest of your career. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That, that was that stuck with me so much because it, 
it made me realize that if he feels that way at the level that he's on, I can only imagine what every other artist feels like because it is that initial discovery being like, what this song, who is this song? Who who sings this? Like, this is wild. And then you start like looking up the person and figuring who who they are and following them on Spotify and you become a fan initially. And then once you get to the top, everyone just is trying to tear you down. There's no more support. Right. There's no more. Who is this? It just becomes People are like, oh, I know of, who that is now. Out of fucking control. It's out of control. And like, yeah. you know, like you were saying, it's very much like a drug that that artists chase. Yeah. And, and I think I think yeah. every and, and, and within that, I think there's so many different levels to that that you're speaking of. And, and everybody's addiction is different. Like what part of celebrity, what part of where they're at is the addicting part to them, you know, and, and, and again, I think I, I almost want to say every artist could be different, but that the, the addiction could be the same. You, you, you never know. Yeah. I think like, even just from working in the music industry, I think that it all is just based off of ego. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. They, they want people to love them, love their music. You know, they go to great lengths to hold that number one spot once they're there. Right. They don't want to lose it. Screwing people over and just not being a good person because they're chasing that high of just being number one and being the best. And I think that even if you're a small artist, this is something that you should think about because if you do have aspirations of being famous, like you were, like we were talking about, you need to realize that it's so important to stay grounded and to keep people around you that are going to be real with you Absolutely. and tell you like, you're acting crazy right now. What, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and like you said, not being yes men, but also like checking you when you need it. Because I feel like that's what real friends do. 100%. Real friends pull you aside and they're like, listen, I don't care who you are. What is going on right now? Yeah. And if you don't have that, that's how crazy things happen. Like what's happening with Britney Spears right now. Mm. And, your life gets impacted in so many different ways because the higher you go up, the less oxygen you have right. of people around you, of being normal. Yeah. It, you bring up Brittany and I, I think about the, the then and now, right? You, you think about when Brittany was a thing. Obviously, this is the height of TRL, you know, Brittany, Backstreet, NSYNC, uh, 90 Degrees, like, this, you know, like, the, like that pop movement where these artists pretty much had no control over what they were doing. And I feel like that's the difference from then and now where a lot of artists, where the foundation that they were built on might have been um, uh, very uh, based on greed, based on um, things that were out of their control. You have a lot of artists that the foundation that is being built is in their control. So that's why I feel like you have even though you have all these artists that might come off disingenuine and, and, and authentic, but you also have a, a huge movement of these authentic artists that, that you feel like you can gravitate towards no matter how big they get, but you feel a connection to. And that's the, to me, that's the difference of the, the, the then and now is, is the control that a lot of artists have. I wouldn't say on their careers or everything, but at least, at least the foundation that, um, their careers are being built on. And to me, foundation is important. That's, that's how you build these relationships of, of individuals around you that, that feel comfortable saying, Hey, this is not it. 
and they know you're they're not going to hurt your feelings because the foundation of that friendship or that relationship whether business relationship friendship whatever it is that foundation was built on authenticity and and um i, I think like you said it starts from a, a a a smaller level you don't have to be famous to figure this shit out but like how do you want to be seen you know to me how do you want to be remembered you, exactly like to me relationships are, are are big you know and and Although over the years, maybe I, I've not been um, the uh, in a 50-50 relationship, whether it's been a business relationship or, or a friendship, maybe I've not been all the way the 50% that I need to be. Or let me not say, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the 50-50. It's 100-100. Everybody has to put 100. And maybe I've not been 100%. But I'm here for understanding how I may have not done right by that person. But you have to be willing to tell me. So I can fix that. So I can acknowledge that. And because if, if, if this is a thing, like let's acknowledge it and then let's build on it and let's move forward, you know? So, um, and that's, that's the beauty in the relationships that I have around me is, is the foundation that everything has been built on it. It's, it's transparency, it's trust, it's communication. Like it's, it's, and that's what makes it just so easy to be like, in a very nice way, yo, the shit sucks, <laughs> you know, like, but it, it's foundation is extremely important. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Damn. Um, we come with the hard questions. Yeah, this is, that, <laughs> that is uh, advice. I feel cause it, it's, it's crazy. Cause I feel like I have a lot of different um, individuals in my life that come from different career paths, you know, some with more traditional careers, some with, um, some more untraditional careers. Um, I, I think it just comes down to me, it, authenticity, just, you know, be intentional with the things that you say, the things that you do, the, the things that you put out in the, 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 the world. Um, you know, that like if you're going to put out music, make sure it's just authentic, Make sure it's really you. And and I feel like I've heard that from everybody. And just... Um, That's a key theme of this podcast episode. Authenticity Staying and intention. Staying true to yourself. That's it. Being intentional with your words and your actions and, you know, not focusing on people's highlight reels on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I actually was talking to someone on who works at Instagram. Like, I want to be a student. I want a student here. Like, yes. <laughs> like, this is your morning announcement. Right? I know. You got to like, <laughs> I know. Welcome. Um, I was talking to someone who works at Instagram and I was mm. talking to them about how, how can we create content that is the most impactful and the most, uh, the best way to grow a community if you're starting from scratch. Right. And they told me share with the intention of providing value, mm. not with the intention of being perfect. Hmm. And that really stuck with me because you look Oops. at Instagram, <laughs> writing that down, <laughs> you look at Instagram and yeah. you're like, everyone has all these filtered and facetuned photos and images. And no one is really just sharing to really, share they're sharing to be liked or to get likes and and, and what's crazy is i that piece of, of uh, that piece of advice is just it's it's great but i also feel like the things that are popping off the things that are popular are so 
it, it contradicts that. You know what I'm saying? Like like the like what? Like the influencers, right? The idea of an influencer, like the perfection behind the influencers post, the lives that they live or they they show that they live. Like I feel that 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 is there really value there? You know, I've really seen such a trend of influencers switching up their content to be way more real. Mm. I've seen huge influencers with millions of followers stop editing their photos. Good. Purposefully. Good. And sharing that with their community saying, yeah, I did a really bad job at editing and you guys see that this is actually what I look like and I'm just going to be real from now on. Um, People sharing who they really are behind all of that has been something that I've seen growing a lot, which is surprising because you think of Instagram and you think of like a perfectly curated feed. And I've noticed that people who have the most followers uh, that are blowing up right now, artists, people in fashion, you know, influencers, whatever you want to call it. And they're growing the fastest when they're doing the least. Right. I love that. And I truly love that. Yeah. And I'm like, I see this shift happening and I'm just like, what's going on? Like, you know, everyone talks about the new algorithm and all these things that are changing, but in reality, it's all about the loyalty of your community. And if you're showing them, Hey, I'm a real person and I go through the same things that you go through and I'm not perfect all the time. And I don't look like this and I'm going to stop editing my photos. You're like, wow, okay. I actually like you a lot more now. And I'm actually going to stay following you and look out for your, for your posts and engage with you because you know, that resonates with me. I, a a theme within myself lately has, has been to think about what is your worth wrapped up in? Mm. Is it the content you post? Is it your talent? Is it the, uh, material things that you have? Like what is your worth wrapped up in? And I love to hear that influencers, I'm going to use air quotes, <laughs> quotation air quotes, marks, quotation marks <laughs> um, influencers are starting to quote unquote get real because it's, and I feel like even with them getting real, there might still be some pushback like, no, you showed us this perfect life. Like what, what is this? You know, I, I just feel like people are moving away from that. Yeah. Like no, 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 I, I, no, no, like no, 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 no. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I still feel like because they live this lie. And I love that because like, <laughs> yo, like, like think about telling a lie, right? See, if you're in a relationship and you tell a lie, you have to live up to that lie to the T every fucking day, whether it's the biggest lie or the smallest lie, you have to stand by that lie for the remainder of that said relationship. And that's what to me, the influencing culture has been. It's just like, yo, I have to maintain this lie every single fucking day for what seemed like the rest of my life that gets tiring because it's not fucking real it's not a real thing so i love i don't know i'll be honest like to hear you say that is is news to me i love to hear that influencers are now um starting to scale back and become more real what that looks like in the future, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Like, that excites me, to be honest with you. But I want people to be mindful of, of what is their worth wrapped up in. Like, yo, you, 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 your, your worth is not your, your talent. It's not the material things you have. Like, all this shit could be stripped of us. Like, if this shit is stripped of us tomorrow, who are you? 
what are we doing here? What are you doing? And it's not about legacy or anything of that nature, but where is your worth tied into? And your worth needs to to be tied into yourself. Because at the end of the day, you strip yourself of everything that you have. All you have is yourself. So I feel like I've tried to be more mindful of understanding my worth. And I really encourage individuals to be more mindful of their worth. Like, I feel like people are worth as much as they feel that they're worth. But it's not the cars. It's not the the clothes. It's good to have nice things. I get it. But if everything is wrapped up in that, and that shit is stripped tomorrow, then what? What, what are we doing? You know? I feel like that is the perfect place to end the podcast. There's so much Damn. more that we didn't get to cover. Oh, can we do it? We, let's do a lightning round, can we? Should we? How, mu- how much time do we have? Like a minute before they kick us out. <laughs> really? A minute before they kick us out? Okay. I know. Okay, right, so let's do, a, let's do it. You know, I've never done a lightning round, okay, but I'm lightning fucking round. down. Okay. Um, favorite song ever? Oh, um, End of the Road, Boys to Men. Favorite group or artist ever? Uh, tie between Boys to Men and NSYNC. Favorite restaurant in Miami? Oh, fuck. Um, I'm going to go with, it's not Miami, it's South Florida, Antonio's Pizzeria on Miramar Parkway. If you could only drink one cocktail for the rest of your life, what would it be? Hennessy. Neat. Which he's drinking right now. Which I finished kind of tight. Dream collaboration. Oh, um, Justin Timberlake. I was like Bieber. I'll Sick. say Bieber. I'll, listen, <laughs> hey, I'll settle for Bieber. Listen, but I'll. I love me some Justin Bieber. Not I like. I like. Lie. I like. Uh, journals Bieber though. Journals. I was just. I was journals literally Bieber just gonna say that. You know, he's doing like a live TikTok, concert. Yes. I saw uh, that. Yeah. I was like, bookmark. Yeah. I guess I, I have to do, download have to TikTok. Now. I don't. I don't. I have. No, I, it's like, free. It's crazy. So my um my girl's little sister is a TikTok fanatic. Like she like every I time I like see all her, little kids are every time I see her, she's like, look, this is how I do this edit, and this is how I do this, and it's hard. Oh my god, I was like what the fuck are you doing and so like i i I, because of her i've downloaded it. i've not done anything on it but i don't know how to fuck it functions like as soon as you open it videos start playing i'm like whoa whoa, whoa, okay close it's way too much oh it's too fucking much for me so i i want to see the journals live but i just don't know how to go about well i know what i'm doing doing tomorrow so or is Is it it sunday sunday valentine's day yeah yeah very on brand for him best best uh best beaver album i know all right well tell people where they can find you all right you could find me um on all streaming platforms apple music spotify um if you have to, if people have title i don't know if people have title um title uh ledoux and the broken shout out the title uh <laughs> l-e-d-o-u-x and the broken um you could find me under the same name on instagram uh, and on Twitter, I believe I'm Ledoux the Broken. Not sure. I'll get back to you on that. But I think it is. Yeah, I think it is too. Stalker. <laughs> I definitely stalked. <laughs> thank you so much for coming no, and for being a guest on my me. podcast. Thank you for and having me. Of course, this conversation was so insightful. I feel like we have so many gems, and I hope that if you're an up and coming artist listening to this. You feel inspired to go after your dreams, to figure out what's important to you. Get out of your own way. To figure out what your worth is tied up in, Mm. to rethink the influencers you follow. I mean, we covered all ground, so. I like to think so. (sighs) Maybe we need a part two. I'm down for a part two, and this time I'll bring some drink for you. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for a brand new episode dropping next Wednesday at 5 p.m. 